Today, we're actually going to interview Earl Hunter, who spent some time at Sylvan Sport making some really cool RVs and camping trailers. And he got really, I mean, I don't know if his entry point into camping was Sylvan Sport, but he is all in now. Yeah, it totally was. You know, he is a newbie like so many people are right now. They're new to the RV industry and just trying to figure it out. Well, can we say he was a newbie because that was, what, three years? Oh, yeah. Four years? Yeah. Maybe more than that. I don't know. Let's hope he tells us. Yeah. But the thing is, is Earl Hunter, he's worked in some major roles in big businesses, and then he got into camping, but he realized that this community is so cool, so inclusive, but not didn't fully represent him well it's missing something um and that's largely the black community being out there and camping so earl i think what he's doing is amazing he's digging down and asking those questions why you know why aren't we seeing that more with rv companies with the community and just encouraging more of it right so I, I think it's awesome. I can't wait to talk to him about, you know, how this started and, and where it's going. So? I tell you what, if there is ever an idea and a project that needed promoting, they would be thrilled to have Earl Hunter, no matter what it was. He is such a fun person to talk to. He's energetic. He's always so positive. He's passionate. Always. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just so impressive. I'm excited to chat with him and just hear how he's making... His organization, which is Black Folks Camp 2, I, I mean, what's it all about? I, I, I really don't know. Right, right. So we'll get into that. Let's do it. In the meantime, we would like you to also be aware of this episode sponsored. This week, it is Go Power, and they make all the things you could possibly need to keep your rig running off-grid. If you need solar, if you need lithium-ion, if you need inverters, if you need a control module, if you need a piece or a whole package, Go Power Solar is is it's a one-stop shop and all their stuff just works. And if you don't understand it, it's really great to go to their website because they have a whole lot of information there that will help you figure out what do you need to do what you want to do. Like we said, they do solar kits, they do the lithium, but they also sell you the entire system so you don't have to piece it together yourself. Mm -hmm. It just comes as one system and it works. And their batteries even carry a 10-year warranty. That is awesome. Their solar panels, I think, carry a 25-year warranty. Yeah, it's So check out GoPower at gpelectric.com. That's gpelectric.com for any part of your off-grid electrical needs. All right, before we get into the call that we did with Earl, um, just a little groundwork here is that my background, I've been to lots of campsites through the years. I've camped with lots of groups, big and small, and I can I can say that the community is amazing, but I did not usually see very many black people camping. And it's not that the campgrounds weren't available to them. It's just that there was some unspoken... I don't know, barrier or notion that may have made them feel unwelcome? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I I would hate to even pretend to be an expert on that uh-huh. or even to have a good opinion. But I bet you if we st- sat around a campfire and talked about it, people would have their notion of why just uh, uh, that camping 
you know, it used to be a middle class white thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not afraid to say that because I think that's true. Yeah, in in the 50s and 60s when everybody wanted, you know, two cars and a house mm-hmm. of their own and every there was the perfect family image. Um, you know, camping was kind of the middle class thing to do. Right. Growing right. up and 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 it was very different for other people, other cultures. Um so I, I don't know. I think I I I just don't think we all have all the answers. And we don't have the perspective. So right. we need people like Earl to talk to us about that. Right. And, and all, he, yeah, all the benefits that come from camping for people individually, for families, and for communities and for groups, all those benefits, I would love to have, well, everyone have access everyone to. Everyone participate. I have always said better conversations happen around a campfire. When you're camping, Families get to talk to each other more. You're not distracted by all the things at home. Everybody should have that. Everybody should. I think everybody in the world should have to camp a couple of times, especially if they're struggling. If they're well, struggling with yeah. family, if they're struggling with business, if if something is hard in your life, get outdoors. Put your feet on the ground. Yeah. We advocate that, you know, in so many conversations and podcasts. Right. And not even just adults, but but also kids, preteens and teens. If you want to hear a kid think deep, talk to him when the stars are all out. Yeah. I mean, it's And amazing. he doesn't have a cell phone in his hand. <laughs> right. Right. That's always so helpful. So let's, how about, how about let's end this banter and let's go ahead and get into the interview with Earl Hunter. Looks like he's coming. There he is. Clint, how you doing, man? Good I'm morning, right. Earl. Good morning. Hi, Earl. How you guys doing? Doing fine. Can you see us? I can see you guys. I'm uh, I'm at a hotel here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana. Not, far, not, uh, not far from Louisville. So, uh, what are you doing uh, there? Well, I'm, I was on my way back from Chicago, and then I'm actually. It's funny you say that because I'm driving through the same way I sold in goals. I'm going to those dealers uh-huh. to tell them what I'm doing and uh, uh, offering them the opportunity and to help us get it done. Good. Very good. Very good. Hey, this morning we have a chance to visit with Earl Hunter, and he's a part of this really cool organization. Um, and it is Black Folks Camp Two, which I think is is huge. It's timely, and I think that there's there's a lot we can learn from this conversation. So, PJ, this is Earl's a contact of yours from way back. Well, you can always learn something from Earl. I'll tell right you on. that for sure. Yeah, he's a deep you can well. always learn from Earl. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we met Earl when we were selling the Sylvan Goes because he was a huge part of that company's success. Mm-hmm. But we'll let him tell you about that. He has an amazing history that he doesn't like to talk about. So be sure to press. <laughs> so press on. Uh, wait, wait, wait. But I also want to add, he also wrote a book that my five-year-old makes me read to him every single Ooh. night. Nice. Oh my about bullies and he loves it. Well, I think we need to just jump in and talk to Earl. So right Earl Hunter, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. And PJ, you look amazing over there, you know? Oh, wow. And, and, and not yeah. to say that the other folks don't, 
I've seen you enough, and I've seen you get younger and younger every day. Listen, Earl is always in for the points. Thank you so much. I'll take it every time. Every time. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Good, good, good. Well, you know, let's just start with the meat of the matter. Sure. You, uh, we're going to talk about your background in a minute, if if we can get you. You don't like to back up sometimes, but if you would so graciously <laughs> tell us that in a minute. But let's introduce your organization, because right now you founded Black Folks Camp 2. How did that Correct. start? Well, so, so Black Folks Camp 2 was started in October 10th, 2019, uh, and um, the company was started on the stage at the, I launched the company on the stage at the uh, Outdoor Economy Conference in Asheville, North Carolina, where I was actually the master of ceremony there. And um, I basically sang to everyone and told them, I sang uh, <laughs> A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Oh my sang, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, A Change Is Gonna Come, uh, where more black folks, and the, and the word, key word is more black folks will, will camp and enjoy the outdoors. Um, but again, all that happened because, uh, you know, I took an amazing trip around the country with my son. It was a is a three month, 14,000 mile, 20 state, 49 campground trip. That's amazing. Uh, over the summer. And uh, doing that trip, you know, uh, we we camped the whole entire way. And uh, I only saw one black family camping in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that young lady uh, of the group of the couple, her name is Kim. She actually. Uh, encouraged me to to do something uh, to encourage more black folks to go camping since I had already stated to her that I was probably one of one if not the only black executive in the outdoor industry uh, yeah. or in the, in the RV industry so that's kind of how I got started uh, and uh, we've been on the road it's been amazing so it hasn't been a, a lifelong dream to start this organization it just you know, it just kind of came from your camping experiences well, it hadn't wasn't a lifelong dream because I hadn't camped before in my life until about five years ago. So oh. I um I came into the industry uh, as an executive at a company which you know well is uh, Sylvan Sport, where I actually sold in uh, these cool pop up campers. And before that, I tell everyone, uh, you know, I was a uh, a Louis Vuitton, Gucci wearing, sports car driving, <laughs> wearing executive uh-huh. who closed deals and build companies and things of that nature. And so I figured. You know, Silver Sport with the product that they had, I could actually do the same thing with them as well that I've done with previous companies. Mm-hmm. And just so happened that this company uh, was in the outdoor and camping industry, which I had no privy to. I knew nothing about camping. I didn't know how to get in a sleeping bag. I didn't know how to put up a tent, to be frank with you. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, the dream came when um, traveling around the country and uh, seeing all these things and talking to dealers and going to all the conferences where I'm pretty much the... Uh, only uh, black male or black person in these groups. And I said to myself, you know, we have to change this because this does not look like America, right? This mm-hmm. does not look like the America that I know. And I really wanted to make sure that uh, someone within the industry could actually help improve the industry. Mm-hmm. So I left the industry to create Black Folks Camp 2 so that we can actually share and invite more black folks to uh, camp and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. Do you feel like your background of not having camped until your adult years is pretty common in the black community? It is, you know, it's funny, you know, I always uh, have this this storyline. Before I started giving my, before, when I started the company, 
we had a lot of opinions, mm-hmm. right? I had opinions on why I didn't camp. I had opinions on why my friends didn't camp, particularly in the South. Uh-huh. I had a lot of opinions. I had a lot of things that, uh, that was told to me uh, by my great-grandmother, who told my grandmother, who told my mother, who told me not to go in the woods. And although those are facts, but there are still opinions around why black folks didn't go out and camp. And so I wanted to debunk those opinions and get to the facts because I speak in facts uh-huh. rather than opinions because opinions can be uh, can be uh, argued and they can be crushed. Well, facts can't be. And so I set out on this amazing journey uh, in uh, to get facts. And we, we did that in a way that the industry has not done that. And we did it in a way that a lot of folks hadn't done it because they, they didn't know how to do it. And so yeah. uh, we, 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 we did something amazing. And I, and I can share that with you guys here shortly and what we did to get those facts. Well, I mean, so what are some of the main takeaways? What, what did you learn? What did you, what'd you find out that kind of dispels well, the untruths? Well, one of the things is that, you know, there is an event that happens in Charlotte, North Carolina every year. Uh, it happened for every year for 10 years. It's called CIAA. And within CIAA, it is sort of, it puts you in mind of March Madness, will put you in mind of March Madness from historically black college and universities, which is HBCUs. Okay. Well, at that particular time, there are over 250,000 black folks uh, that converge onto Charlotte, North Carolina from 18 years old to 65 years old, from $12,000 a year in salary to $350,000 a year in salary. So I uh, hired, and along with my staff, a group of folks, and we actually went to the streets, and we started asking these questions on why black folks haven't been camping or why you don't camp. Again, we I knew why I didn't, but again, I wanted to quantify and qualify those answers. And so we went to the streets, and we asked these folks, and the number one out of that survey, out of actually interviewing close to 1,000 to 2,200 folks, <clears throat> the number one reason why black folks uh, that we talked to had not really enjoyed the outdoors is because of generational fear, mm. all right? The woods wow. was not a safe place for black folks, particularly in the South. There were lynchings, there were hangings, there were, um, there were cross burning, and actually it was a place where black folks was a passage for freedom. Right. And so when you were caught in those particular woods, um, it wasn't a good thing. And that was a place that we didn't want to be. And those are the things that our, my, my, our, our ancestors would tell us. Number two is that when you don't when you have that type of fear of something, you don't have the knowledge. You don't want to learn. You don't want to learn anything. So if you look at <clears throat> the way things are now in regards to uh, camping, th- what probably have been thought of then was just tent camping. Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't, the, the, there were no amenities. We didn't think about, the, there were no restrooms. There were things that we weren't really privy to. We didn't like because we didn't know about it, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the whole yeah. issue of camping in RVs and camping in these beautiful RVs with restrooms and you can pull to campgrounds, to, they had pools, they had a resorts. All those things passed us by. Not only just that, you know, mountain biking, anything in the outdoors, kayaking, canoeing, skiing, all those things passed us by. And then the third thing that we, we, we really, really uncovered was the industry never invited us. The industry never invited black folks to really enjoy the lifestyle, yeah. whether it be uh, with uh, billboards or just really just asking for our money, to be frank with you. Yeah. And so we we and I know that because I was in the industry. Right. And I and I and I, and I saw that I saw some of the publications that would actually be at some of these conferences 
And I would, I would chuckle because I do right then that the industry didn't know who we were. The industry didn't understand who we were. They didn't understand our buying power. They didn't understand our, 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 our way to drive the business. Yeah. And so my job in that particular space was to get out and to help the industry with these things. Yeah. So you had an anecdote last time I, I heard you on the phone. You had an anecdote about, you know, you the black community does have resources to put towards this. Um, and you know that because of other places that they put their resources. Right. So, you know, we, we you know, black folks, <clears throat> we spend it's, we, we make up 14 percent of the U.S. population. We spend one point three trillion dollars. Right. On products uh, in, the, in the marketplace. You know, black folks spend over billions of dollars on sneakers and, and, and billions of dollars in cars. Right. Mm-hmm. And we would spend the same amount of monies on cars or in, in, in or sorry, uh, recreational vehicles if we knew how to purchase the recreational vehicles. Many of us don't know that we can finance these units. Many of us don't even know that we can actually put this unit behind a truck, the truck that we already have to actually pull these units. And so I always say this, black folks don't need permission to go camping. We don't need permission to enjoy the outdoors. We don't need permission to do anything in the outdoors, but it sure feels good to be invited. Uh, Particularly so, yeah. by the folks who are selling products for the outdoors, mm-hmm. right? Well, don't you think it's natural, though, that any group of people that maybe doesn't uh, doesn't understand or doesn't feel confident in a certain area, they're not going to gravitate towards doing that. I mean, I, I remember I was pretty old when I went snow skiing, and I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know what the etiquette is. I don't know what the protocol is. I'm not, I don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I don't know I, how any of this works. Mm-hmm. When women look at going camping, um, a lot of them say, I don't know. What if I get stuck? What if I can't back up? Um, right. They have these fears in their head of m- maybe they, there's things that they don't understand that they should understand. Right. You know, really, I, Earl, camping is pretty simple. Yeah. But I agree with you. But you just but you have fears that sometimes aren't founded because you simply don't understand that you're just not a part of that. So you don't understand. Right. It. Is well, that you know, I, is that kind of what you're talking about here? Well, you know, I have I have six sisters, so uh, I understand oh. the fears in that particular space in regards to women. And I always say this, you know, there are a lot of groups out there. We talk about the Hispanic groups and that are, are really on the rise of camping. You have other groups out there. You have the Asians and you have the, uh, the Indians who have been really in the Americas, who's really have been um, uh, not Native Americans, but Indians who come to our country, who've been here and who are natives of our country now. I tell everyone is that all those groups are amazing. And those are minority groups who are camping as well, because the outdoor industry is probably 90 percent white. OK, mm-hmm. rather across the board. Yeah. Right. And those other groups are actually coming in this space. And it's amazing. But the difference is between black folks and those groups is that those groups were never told not to go in the woods. Black folks were told not to go in the woods. It, the parks were segregated against mm-hmm. us. You know, in 19, it, took, it wasn't until 1964 where parks weren't segregated. And those are the things, those are stigma things, are things that are sitting there, they're in place, they're still in mindsets that have to be changed. Because there's no doubt, you're right, you're, you're right, uh, PJ, there's no doubt that anyone that has fears about anything, they, they will continue to have those fears unless they continue to learn about those things, right? right? And so that's why our company is in place. We want to start at the root of the problem and get to the root and then work our way to the next step. Yeah. Well, I would never dare to compare 
the struggles that women have with the struggles that maybe the black communities had or uh, other groups. I, I, I think that's all of that is way past my uh, purview here. But right. but I do think just the general idea of it. it I, I guess I'm going to put it out there. It is so foreign to me that the black community would be afraid of camping or feel or still feel the stigmas that I know were out there in the 60s. So because I'm because I don't deal with it. I don't see that. So my hat's off to you because the only way that all of us are going to get out there and camp and we're going to get the black folks in the community of RVing and camping and hiking and kayaking um, where everybody should be. Every right. single person should enjoy that. And the way we're going to do that is just by promoting diversity. Right. And Absolutely. Hats so off this to is, you. I, I need to really preference something about our company and who we are. You know, we're not a group. You know, we're not a club. Uh, we, we are a full-fledged company. And one of the things I like to preference about Black Folks Camp 2, um, we created Black Folks Camp 2 to encourage Black folks to enjoy camping in the outdoors. What we didn't create Black Folks Camp 2 to do is just to camp with just Black folks. Mm-hmm. We, we created Black Folks Camp 2 so we can camp and enjoy the outdoors with any and everyone. That's where, the, believe, that's where the believe, two comes from. <laughs> we, we, absolutely. We believe that the campfire in our logo is the portal to amazing conversation from for it didn't matter your race, your age, or your gender. Yeah. We believe once you get around that campfire, you're gonna we're gonna have some amazing conversations. And those amazing conversations are gonna be about some of the things that were going on socially in our country. And what we're gonna find is like-minded individuals are able to solve things better than people who are not like-minded. And if you're in a campground, if you're sitting around a fire, that means you are like-minded. Mm-hmm. And so you can have conversation with no walls. Right now, I'm sitting in a hotel having this conversation with you. Well, the I have walls, right? And so I don't know what's going on next to me, right? But when you're in a campground, you are able to have this conversation. It makes it easy for people to come over. Hey, what you cooking over there? And that starts a conversation. Hey, what you drinking over there? It causes, it causes a conversation. So again, I believe that camping in the outdoors is the cure to a lot of the social unrest and things we have going on in our country, to be frank with you. What's your pitch to the industry that 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 that's the eye opener? This is this is why you need some messaging and to, right. some invitations going out to the black community. Well, the black community is is is, is not necessarily is a, a very loyal customer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we I tell everyone black folks kept Cadillac in business. Okay, I grew up in the bricks. I grew up in an area that was very dilapidated. I grew up in an area where. Uh, um, people felt like a, pe- a person like me should not make it out of that area. Uh, and it was only really three places for me. Uh, it was either uh, prison, um, uh, dead, or in that same neighborhood. And I found myself, uh, I worked myself out of that particular neighborhood. But also, I, I, and I say this because that particular neighborhood where I live, we had a ton of cars. There are a ton of cars around. I mean, big, expensive cars. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, the, the the money flow and the cash flow was actually in those neighborhoods because a lot of the folks that are in the neighborhood didn't know they could buy houses. They had no clue that they could buy and put their money and take it outside of a car and go buy a house. And once they figured that out, we began to move out of those particular areas and buy homes. It's the same thing in the RV industry. The, if the RV industry uh, t- 
allowed a company like us to come in and help them shape the message and share the message to the black community of how, when, and where to buy RVs to enjoy the outdoors, then they will see a market, and I believe it's a market of a $25 billion market that the industry is, is missing right now, mm-hmm. right? So we, 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 we have created a, an amazing team. Uh, we have the data, and we also understand geographically that all black folks, and this is a very important, geographically, Black folks think differently, we spend our money differently, and we act differently. So there's not a cookie cutter type approach to this particular matter. And I see a lot of companies do that across the board, and they miss the mark when they do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. If you could give yourself one descriptive name, I mean, uh, I can hear people listening to this saying, oh, yeah, he's a he's protesting, or he right. is uh, leading a civil rights program or whatever i it sounds to me like that's not really descriptive of who you are how would you describe yourself well well i, I always tell people i'm a pretty handsome fella but i'm not very <laughs> smart right? i can but, verify so, this but, for but the listeners the same, <laughs> but, but at the same time though if you just read our logo and you and you have an intelligence enough to know what the word two is then you will understand what our company is all about black folks camp two two means also right and so that means that what i'm saying is the truth right because black folks do camp black folks will camp and black folks have camp what our job is is to get more black folks into the outdoors based on the three reasons i told you that we do not camp and so those individuals who think that our company is a militant company or a company of uh, we are a company of civil rights but we, if they, if, because we all should be a couple, we all should be of civil rights. We should all want everybody to be equal. We should all want everybody to have the same rights, whether they're black, white, green, or yellow, female or male. But what we really are, we are a company, of, a very good company, helping, promoting the outdoors to folks who have really never really enjoyed the outdoors. And if the industry was smart, which I think the industry is, they would help us promote such so that we can get more folks in the outdoors, we can get more folks uh, uh, driving RVs, we can get more folks enjoying the lands that we all pay for, right? That's a very, very key statement. You we know, I, more folks enjoying those lands. And that's exactly the word that I thought of when I was thinking of who you are. You are, in my mind, a promoter. Yep. And that is the reason that you have been successful at the companies that you've been involved with is because you promote and you promote with such passion um, that you can move the needle and uh, at whatever you decide to 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 put your efforts towards. So I think now's a good time. Can you tell us how how did you get that way? You came you came from obviously a little bit of a disadvantaged neighborhood, and I may be oversimplifying that. I am yeah. certain. That's um, all right. But but how did you how, how did you become the Earl that you are today? Yeah, Earl. Why Wait, are you who you are? Yeah, why are you a promoter? <laughs> which is which is what I think you are. You know, one of the, one of the things that I think one of the terms that I do not like that I hear people say all the time is "pull yourself by your bootstraps." Mm-hmm. Right. The reason why I don't like that term is because I've had a lot of help. Right. A lot of people have helped me become the Earl Hunter, Earl B. Hunter Jr. that I am today. Right. Um, 
you know, I, the, the storyline is, you know, I didn't learn to read properly until I was 13 years old. And but I was a great athlete. And so what happens is when you're a great athlete, what tends to happen is, is that you have folks around you who want to push you to be a better athlete. Right. Or they want to. Everyone wants to tag onto that success. So but they don't necessarily people. want to teach you how to read. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and not necessarily. But in this particular space, though, there was a person who actually wanted to not only just see me play football, but this individual wanted to see me excel and get out of the, the areas that I was living in because he felt like I was more than that, right? And so, it's, it's, so who that person was, was my mentor. His name was Marion Cooper Fuzzy Thompson, right? Mm-hmm. And if you, you talked about the book, I actually named my daughter after this man because the impact that he had on my life. And so what he did, he, did, he, he looked at me and, and he said, look, you are an awesome football player. But you're going to be a woulda, coulda, shoulda kid if you continue to go the way you're going. My job is to help you. And if I can help one of you, a one kid that looks like you, you will go out and help change the world. And and, and frankly, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And so the, 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 the bottom line is, is that my mother is a, a, is a strong woman. I really never met my father. My mother instilled one thing in me. She instilled the fact that perseverance. I watched her do it. Even though we lived in the areas that we were in, she never complained about where she lived. She always thought about the fact that how she can get out of where she is and to push us to do more things in our space. The bottom line is this. There are a lot of folks that are from where I'm from that have had the same issues I've had in regards to life. But those I have a lot of empathy for those individuals because I watch a lot of people where I'm from, where I am, go through different things that I went through. And, 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 and I need to preface this by saying this, everyone listening to this podcast, even you three, we all have issues. We all have something going on in our lives. I believe in the power of perseverance. I believe in the power of passion. I always think the glass is half full. I always think a rainy day is just a day that is going to uh, to wet the soil so we can get more things to grow out of it, right? I'm not, I, I've never been a negative individual. Uh, I try to stay positive. Uh, I am a, uh, my management style is very easy to obtain. I am a hugger and a shover, right? I do both <laughs> of those things to get to where we need to get, right? And so I, uh, I want, I, if you can sum it all up, PJ, and, and, and to, uh, for one word that Earl Hunter is, I am a winner. And that's simple as that. <laughs> well, we I should all it. be proud enough to be able to say that about ourselves <laughs> and about the people that we bring around us. So uh, sometimes that's not politically correct either, but I, I, I think it is always, always warranted, particularly people like you who just always swing for the fences. I remember my coach telling me this and I'll never forget this. He said to me, Earl, you, you have an opportunity to do something really special in your life. Uh, You have an opportunity to uh, change your family's life. You have an opportunity to go on and be very successful and not just in sports, but also in business. And you have to take that and run with it. It's yours to take. And, and you have the ability to do that. And so I didn't look down on anybody else because they didn't have that opportunity. On the way up, though, I was hoping just to pull folks right with me to drive this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what made you write a book? Lindsay mentioned that. And the first time I met you, 
I mean, in the first 10 minutes, you handed me this book because you knew I had a a new grandson. And I thought, man, what an egotistical, crazy guy I have here. But (laughs) we had had a lot of phone conversations. So I thought, okay, maybe I didn't size this guy up right. And I did not know until just before this interview, when Lindsay mentioned it, that that is a huge part of her bedtime because because of your book and and uh, how did how did you end up writing a book well so so to 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 start you know i um i grew up in a tough neighborhood and so um so defending yourself and uh defending yourself was one of the survival uh treatments that we really needed that i needed to get done my mom taught me that you know you don't start the fight but you finish it if somebody brings it to you that's a a strategy yeah she was tough (laughs) she was really tough and uh you know, but the messaging that my mom was giving me versus the messaging I was getting at school in regards to bullying was totally different, right? My mom would tell me to knuckle up. You know, the school would say, don't do that. And so when 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 the situation came into my own life, when my son was battling a, a bit of bullying, I thought, I, I said, well, the best way for me to, to, to change this was not to go over and argue with the kid's father or to hate the kid that was trans... Uh, transgression against my kid, I just needed to go in and actually probably write a book and share the message to everybody, right? And so I, I never forget it was on a Sunday. I drove to Chick-fil-A. I sat in the parking lot because they were closed. Mm-hmm. And I pinned <laughs> this book in the parking lot and I named the book titled The Chronicles of Dylan and Fuzzy. Dylan is my son. Fuzzy is my daughter. And it's called the bullying edition. But the most important thing about books, the most important thing about publications, and the most important thing about sharing this book is that I had to look into my own life to where I was as a as a youngster. And I had to apologize to myself and also to a young lady that I actually verbal uh, verbally bullied when we were actually in school. <laughs> and I dedicated this book to that young lady. As a matter of fact, inside the book, it says notes from the author. I wrote those notes to that young lady uh, to not only just to apologize to her, but to apologize to her children and apologize to her family if, it, if I had done anything to uh, to harm her. And I thought that was important because when you're a child, when you're young, you don't know how you can affect someone right. as a youngster uh, in regards to your words and what you say. Well, and a lot of folks grow up and we don't know these things. And so we have to the person, matter of fact, the person who wrote, who penned, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt, is absolutely wrong. Yeah. Right? Because that's not a true statement. Um, I think that uh, this book, for me, uh, has been probably, uh, it's been one of the most uh, incredible things I've ever done in my life because it, it gives me an opportunity to share this book with folks. And like I've shared with you, PJ, and like I've shared with others, to, uh, and hopefully you read it understand it and it kind of gives you a bird eyes view of who i am and uh and how i feel about uh that particular uh issue which is bullying well like i said we read it almost every night uh my kid has a few favorite books and that's one of them um and he's obsessed with the transition between being bullied and the the kids you know look sad and then 
they look angry and then the transition from and he always asked me why are they smiling now first they're angry and now they're smiling why are they smiling and i said because they made it better and so like getting to explain that to them every night the transition of their faces from angry to happy is i don't know you created something really awesome (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. It's funny. If you look on the back of that book, you know, um, the back of the book, the cover was the back of the book was supposed to be the cover. Right. But when I look at the back of the book, I'm like, I don't want to portray the angry face on the front of a book. Right. I want to portray the happy face. Right. Based on what the end may look like. Yeah. Right. And that's the same thing in the space of getting black folks, more black folks to go camping. Yeah. Right? You know, we I want to see I, I want to be the. Uh, I don't want to necessarily be the face of getting black folks to go camping. That's not what we want. I want to be the face behind the message to get Uh us to go camping. And I want that face to be happy, exciting. Although I know that there are going to be some tough times. There are going to be some things that happen in campgrounds that may not be of what we're explaining, the harmony that we believe around the campfire. But at the end of the day, my job is not to think about the worst. My job is to think about the best. Well, and putting the solution first instead of just putting, you know, all the problems out there. You're putting the solution first, which is the happy face, which is the the good thing that can that can happen. Well, before before football, before I'm sorry, before uh, uh, black folks really started to indulge into camping and before we really start to indulge into the outdoors, the the, the outdoors uh, in regards to uh, national parks. They already, without many black folks there, they already have a problem with litter. Mm-hmm. They, have, they already have a, a problem with folks uh, disrespecting the national parks. They already, you know, campgrounds already have issues with folks not respecting one another in campgrounds. Right. They already yeah. have those things. And so what I want to do is prepare a group of folks to let them know, hey, these are the right things you do in the campgrounds. Mm-hmm. These are the things you do. These are the things you see that you might not want to do. These are the rules of campgrounds. These mm-hmm. are what you have to do before you get there so we can actually streamline some of the issues that campgrounds right. may be seeing now or maybe see in the future because there's a different demographic starting to come to these campgrounds. Well, I think with the change in people buying RVs right now, we're seeing a ton of newbies. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs that message, Earl. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that message. And if we can package that message in uh, where everybody can get that message, we, w- we certainly should do that. As a matter of fact, PJ, I always say that the uh, the outdoor industry has said this for years, you know, man, the the outdoor industry is for everyone. Well, that's almost like saying, uh, PJ, you open your door, your front door at your house, and then everyone is supposed to come in, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I always tell people, black folks don't need permission to go camping. We don't need permission to go camping. We don't pre- need permission to go buy RVs. We don't need permission to go enjoy these national parks. We don't need permission to do anything in regards to some of the public things that are out there to do that everyone else is doing. But it sure feels good to be invited and it feels Mm -hmm. good to be included. And that's how you win the hearts of folks. We're not in the business of twisting arms. We're in the business of twisting hearts. Well, don't you think those marketers, they put people on the front who look like the people that they're trying to talk to? Uh, I I mean, that's how we all that's that's what the world does. We recreate what we think will be similar to our buyers when we're advertising, when we're talking about it, when we're creating um, anything that actually promotes the outdoors. You know, I was trying to think of a way to relate it to something other than 
uh, black and white because really that's the bottom of this. But if you have, I I mean, when was the last time on the front of a uh, RVing magazine you see a kid in a wheelchair? Um, Right. And does that mean that we don't want to promote that that this can be a healthy thing for uh, people with disabilities? No, but we tend to put out the largest population that's going to consume the product and we want to make it look just like them. And I agree with you, but here's the thing. I agree with you and I think that's amazing, but here's the, here's the thing to that. Why is that group the largest group in the population? It's, I think the group, I think it's because the reason why the group is the largest group in the population is because the industry has, because of the three things that I named in the beginning. Exactly. So yeah. I, I agree that the industry should have been using the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you spend 80% of your money with the folks who are buying your product and 20% of the time with the folks who are necessarily not. That's where you spend your marketing dollars. But the bottom line is this. The only reason the industry is doing such because they don't know the buying power of black folks. They don't know what black folks can get done in the outdoors. They don't know how we can actually uh, drive the industry for change in regards to uh, our dollars, but also our ideas of how campers and campers should look, feel, and operate. And so I agree that it's, it's amazing that um, that some, indus- some of the indus- outdoor industry has put black folks on covers. What I think is when I look at that and my friends look at that, we look at it as you, you, you have to think about that regionally when you're thinking about black folk. You just can't put one person on there and say, oh, we are – we're now promoting the black folks. We did it. We have to be strategic when we do that. And I think the industry needs a strategic partner to help them do that. Black folks in California don't think like the black folks in New York. Mm-hmm. Black folks well, in, in New York don't the think like the The white folks South. don't either, by the way. Yeah, that, that, is a, that, that is a true statement. But but the industry has already mastered how to market the white folks in the industry. I'm yeah. trying to teach them how to market to black folks in the industry. Uh-huh. Well, right? and I think in all fairness, my perspective in the safe space is that um, the RV industry in and of itself is there to build products and promote camping there is a whole nother social level underneath this of training people up giving them the tools to learn about the outdoors to experience to get out there to become part of that community that's not what the rv industry does uh well and whether they should or not that's not really what they do they sell products so an organization like yours takes care of that second layer of Absolutely. education, invitation, uh, building a diversified community. That's why I love the fact that I had the opportunity to meet you, know you, talk to you, and promote your promote your company. Absolutely. You know, you know, I, I've heard a long time. This is why I started the company, guys. I've heard for so long, even when I brought the question up, I was sitting in a lot of these uh uh, a lot of these meetings in Louisville, and I would hear all the speakers talk, and uh, I would hear them talk about, you know, uh, about millennials and why the market is going to millennials and things of that right, nature. Right. And I said to myself many a times, I almost want to stand up and just yell out, "What millennials are you talking about?" Because <laughs> if you're talking about all millennials, have you polled black millennials? Because I don't think you polled them. Because based on based on uh, our, us not being in quote unquote uh, uh, even the minority. Uh, the slight minority in the camping. I, I think that when I started this company, 
it's because I've heard so many marketers or folks in the outdoor industry say that, Earl, we just don't know how to do that. Well, I didn't look at it as an issue. I looked at it as an opportunity. <laughs> well, if you don't know how to do it, I do. That's so right. I create this company to help you do that. Now, if the excuse now is, Earl, you created this company to help us navigate through these fields and show us how to do these things, and then they don't want to do that, then now we got a problem. And well, that's the issue to me. Because now you're saying that you, you don't know, you don't show, and you don't want to know. Right? I'm not saying you have to deal with black folks can't too, but you have to find a way to get to that customer that you're not getting or you don't really want to grow your industry. Well, that's where you come in and that's why your glass is always half full because there is more opportunity out there and Absolutely. there will be for both of our lifetimes. Absolutely have, it is. I have one more question. Lindsay has one more question. I want to know. You I have said, so many. I know. <laughs> I am like only one well, more. No, I like been wanting to ask this question. You said that you didn't start camping until about five years ago. So you've obviously have really brought your kids along on that journey. Oh, yeah. And I want to know, like, what differences you've seen in them since they get to grow up camping when you didn't. And how do you see them growing while camping? That's a good question, well, you know, Lindsay. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. So <laughs> here's the thing. So where I live, I live in an area that is surrounded by waterfalls and surrounded about around beautiful national parks, state parks, and things of that nature. And um, if I had not gotten into the industry and enjoyed the outdoor industry, I would number one, I probably wouldn't know anything about those areas. Number one, mm-hmm. then that then that means my children probably wouldn't know about any of those areas. Well, right. after I took my children, my son on that camping trip around the country, my daughter comes to me and say, "Dad, when my I'm turn. seven years old, <laughs> I want to take a camping trip too." Right. Well, if I had not taken my son, on, if I had not learned, <laughs> and if I had not taken my son on this trip, then my daughter would not have come to me and say, hey, dad, I want to take a camping trip like you took Dylan on around the country, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we're breaking a generational chain here. Right. We're just breaking it. Done. So now my children can say to folks, when I was young, my daddy took me camping. So I love camping and I'm not fearful of camping. And now I can understand that, you know, that like like just sitting on the ground poses a problem for a lot of black kids. I know that because we're in this and we're getting this data because of, quote unquote, they're scared of the bugs. Right. Or they haven't sat on the ground before. Well, I had to debunk that theory and say it's not the bugs, because if it was the bugs, you wouldn't enjoy outside cookouts and things of that nature, because those bugs are there as well so is it a sense of confidence you're seeing like yeah yeah. well my my children you know my my children know how to set up a camper and then how to set up a tent and how to get in their own sleeping bags and how to set a fire well most kids black kids don't know how to put a fire to set up a fire it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with inner city or in the country i mean it's something we didn't do yeah no exposure yeah i mean exposure exactly so my kids you know they had that exposure and not only that my kids but I like taking my children to campgrounds where we can test the theory that everyone belongs in campgrounds, everyone belongs in the outdoors. And when we sit around that campfire and we get those s'mores, and I just learned roars now that are made with Reese's, right? I've heard, Reese's. yeah. Oh, I, I heard about yeah. that. Whoa. Yeah, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm with roars and making <laughs> roars with my kid around the campfire, she's having conversations. Listen, 
we have cured some race relations right there as well. Mm-hmm. We have we have we have gotten kids together to do to 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 be around other children who don't look like them, mm-hmm. to have conversation like them, and then drive this all throughout their entire life. Yeah. And hopefully your kids can take those conversations back to their friends and say, I went camping. It was amazing. And then their friends can go, Dad, my friend Dylan went camping. Can we go camping? And like, boom. Well, you know, it's funny because I just started backpacking about 18 weeks ago. Like truly backpacking 22 miles of of the Appalachian Trail. And I had never done that ever. And I there was a look, I'm a big football player guy but i was i'll be honest i was a little afraid of that i was like man i'm so still afraid of that yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, so, I'm a little freaked out <laughs> yeah i'm like so so i'm not gonna be in an rv i'm not gonna because i was used to RVing. you know i'm not gonna have a camper i'm not gonna do this did you have, have a lot of people to talk to well on the trail yes well, I found those people because I was going to say, you can't go that long without talking. <laughs> I was the only I was the only black person out there now for the most part now. So what happened was I was able to give my message to folks and I was able what I was really able to do around that time is to is to test the three theories. Right. I removed some fear. I added some knowledge and I was invited. And mm-hmm. so I enjoy it now. I'm almost addicted to backpacking, to be frank with you, right? <laughs> I love it. And Did you have some all fears? My friends, all my friends, I have friends now who, that's all they want to do, go camping. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You got good friends. You spread it. Hey, yeah. Yo, we're going to drive it. So did you have some fears through all of this in the past five years that you had to overcome yourself? I did. I did. I think one of the, it was probably some unknown fear because Look, as an executive in, in in different companies, you know, I had people always say to me, all my colleagues, man, I'm going bike pack, backpacking, or I'm going hiking, I'm going, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going skiing. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not doing all that. I'm going to Cancun. I don't want to <laughs> do all that, man. And because I was scared to go in the woods, I was scared of like the the the. I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want to do all that. I don't know if I really want to be subject, subjected to that. And so, given the opportunity to get into the industry. This is where I learned that I shouldn't be afraid of the outdoors because I was camping. I learned to camp. I did product knowledge. I got product knowledge in campgrounds. I I was able to go to different events where I can see people that don't look like me but are in the industry and knew then that those individuals were uh, loving the same thing I wanted to love, which is the lifestyle and camping. And so I learned to love camping. And, you know, I'll be naive and you guys will be too. If you, if we, if I think that every black person is going to like camping, right? Right. (laughs) But the bottom line is we have to introduce and we have to share that knowledge and then allow them to decide if they don't want to do it or not. That would just, that'd be like in any race or anything. Mm -hmm. And our job job is to introduce that and to, and to invite and to remove fear. That's it. And then they, if people take to that, great. I think that's a great message for absolutely any human being out there. Right on. Just introduce it. Introduce it. Invite and remove fear. There you go. There you go. You know what? I always have so much energy after talking with you. That is what you do best. You put that energy out there. You move it along. Uh, You are the most positive person I think I have ever met. And I thank well, you for spending uh, time with us. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of questions. Um, one is, how do our our listeners 
connect and support. And then also you have a message probably for dealerships like us. How do dealerships connect and support? So two two messages there. That was good. That was a good question, Clint. I wasn't gonna let you guys get off of this uh, call without doing that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. We we want Listen, we want this information. You and I, man, you and I were thinking on the same page. I was just right when PJ gave me the giving me the sign off. I was just about to go. <laughs> well, that was my last question, but then I forgot it because you got me all wound up with the last thing. <laughs> well, I tell you, um, you know, our company it can be found um, via the uh, via the web at uh, blackfolkscamp2.com. Uh-huh. That's black folks with the S camp to too.com we, we can be found the same way via social media mm-hmm. uh whether it be instagram facebook twitter uh and pinterest as well uh and so the message the real message that i have for for dealers right for dealers is if you really truly do want a new customer and a new customer and a new segment allow us to help you allow us to help you across the board Allow us to to uh, to understand your demographics or your geographic area, understand where you are. And even if you don't have uh, a number of uh, black folks uh, or uh, a major group of black folks in your area, we can actually find the ones that you do have. We can actually share this knowledge to them, because at the end of the day, we want to be the company for them to go to our website to look to see other black folks enjoying their lifestyle so that then that will give them confidence to want to enjoy the lifestyle as well. We, uh, we can help you. We can help dealers. We can help the manufacturers. As a matter of fact, it's not what we will do. It's what it's, it's not what we can do is what we will do and what we are doing right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, there are a lot of dealers out there that have come on board with us. And if you call them now, they'll tell you, man, you know, I don't know what Earl and his, his team is doing, but we've seen, uh, an amazing increase, not in just black customers coming to our lot, but knowing about their company that sent us to their lot. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a data guy when it comes to that. I want to make sure we streamline the data and drive that. So, um, so dealers would know this is not a kumbaya. We don't need you to pat us on the back and hug us and say, Hey Earl, let's just help your company. This is an ROI. Let us help you make money and also let us help you introduce a lifestyle to folks who never necessarily didn't know what the lifestyle was. So, so we have a lot of listeners right now who aren't dealers. I, right. I expect. So yeah. uh, how can a regular listener uh, connect with you guys? Well, they, can again, they, they can go to our social media pages and things of that nature. A lot of those uh, 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 customers, I'm sorry, a lot of those listeners can, uh, can <laughs> what we really need those in listeners to do to encourage us to go further and beyond. Right. Yeah. They need to, we, you know, we, we cannot do this and get everyone in the outdoors. If everyone is not trying to get everyone in the outdoors, right? right? This is not a black thing. This is not a white thing. This is not a yellow green thing. This is a everybody thing, right? We want to see harmony around the campfire. Yeah. We, we sell cool gear. You know, you can go to our website and buy our t-shirts, buy these cool hats. Uh, you know, we get this question all the time. Uh, most of our, our, our gear, and we get this for white folks all the time. Hey, we get these inboxes all the time. Hey, man, is it is it appropriate for me to wear your gear? <laughs> black folks can't do. And I'm, you know what? And I said, that's, and, you know, both people would chuckle at that, but really, that's a real situation. Yeah, right? sure, it's a legit because question. Because of where we are today, and here's what I say: absolutely, is fine. Because what the moment other folks see white folks wearing our gear. It's inviting. This is a this is, to me wearing ideal is an invitation. It creates conversation. Yeah, enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, because listen, 
we're going to we're, we're going to have harmony around that campfire. I believe it and I know it. And so black folks camp too. Blackfolkscamp2.com. We're going to, we yeah, we're going to link to your social media and your website and all that in our show notes too. So if Absolutely. you guys miss that link, just check out our show notes and it'll all be right there. So you can go support right Earl yeah. and and his company. And I might add, I've been on, on your social media pages and, and you have people who have joined up with your pages and they are the full spectrum of colors. Absolutely. Already joined up. I know. And here's the thing about our page. This is such a great thing about our page. So we have two. We have one that you have to join, but we only use that for data page. But we have another one, which is our which is our uh, our our open page. You don't need to join. Just hit like. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to do. Hit like and hit like and hang out. (laughs) out, Awesome. Well, what a good conversation. Well, I think we all should learn from the glass half full, although I don't think your glass is half full. I think it's full. Yeah, You're, yeah. And, and you just you just change colors on that glass a little every now and then. I know. So uh, it. it sounds great. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will think of 100 more questions. And so we'll invite you back again <laughs> in the future. I'll be down there as soon as you tell me it's okay to come on out and check you out and hang out with you. Boom. Boom. All right. Balls all in right. your court, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> You know you're always invited, but we'll uh, we'll firm up those dates. Sounds good, my dear. I appreciate that. All right, thank All you, right. thank you, you for your time. Hope you, guys are well. hope you guys have the greatest day of your life today, and I hope it's, um, tomorrow is even better, Mister Thank you so much, Hunter, folks. I know. Thank you for your time and your energy. We always <laughs> enjoy it. See you guys later. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. 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 I I think I have a lot to ponder after talking with Earl, and I'm okay with that. I think that my eyes were kind of open to the the realities a little bit, maybe the mindset, maybe the notions that they've kept the black folks out of the camping scene. Um, Yeah, I was surprised, weren't you? Yeah. some of the comments, yeah. Yeah, and I don't feel like it was enough time, so some of the the conversation felt like it it was just barely skipping across the surface on some stuff but that's okay because that's how that's how the conversation like this starts well i think pondering clint i think pondering is a really good thing however however i think action is even better i think we've pondered long enough i think we need to be a part of this community i think we need to encourage it and not just online on facebook um with black people camp too but Black folks camp too. Black folks camp too. Well, but think about it. We we encourage everybody else in our yeah with people in our community, um, in general. So, yeah, pondering is good. But let's all be a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Not but and. Yeah, and and <laughs> I'd like to reiterate that that is that is a hundred percent Earl's message is is that uh, it's it's not a. Hey, let's just boost one community. He really wants to raise everybody and bring it in because, I mean, he just loves that. Talk about sitting around the campfire and everyone is welcome there and to be invited in. I think when I when I learned how amazing it was when he literally discovered the idea of being outdoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. Yeah. As a Why can't we adult. all do that? Why can't we all just experience outdoors? It seems pretty simple. All right. Well, again, I'd like to direct your attention to Go Power. They uh, they not only will power your adventures, but they also power this podcast episode. This one that you're listening nice to right now. One. And we are so grateful to them. So if you have any solar needs, any lithium needs, any any 
power. Whatever power <laughs> needs. Any go power, yeah. you know. And and I have it on good authority that uh, we're going to be talking to Mark from Go Power on a podcast here soon. Ah, oh, that'd be awesome. Well, solar's a pretty hot topic, so I hope he's ready. Just electrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does it for me. Everyone else good? I'm good. All right. We'll see you next time for the next RV Small Talk podcast. Bye. Bye.